Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this second edition of Faith Roots and the series we're in right now is called The Spiritual Man. Let me read you a verse. It's Colossians 2, 7. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him so you will grow in faith. You won't grow in faith by just worship alone. You won't grow in faith by just uh, being grateful. That's all important. You grow in faith when you hear the Word of God. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So let's talk about how to become the spiritual man or woman that God wants you to be. We're going to take our text from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which says in verse 14, But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But... He that is spiritual discerns all things. Now, before we get done, you're going to thoroughly understand those two verses. Let's go back and recap what we talked about uh, the last lesson. Jesus introduced this concept of revelation knowledge, knowledge that does not come to you by your five physical senses. That's what uh, flesh uh, knowledge is or sense knowledge is. It is the knowledge that you get through what you can see and hear, feel, smell, and taste. And, and, and there's a great bit of knowledge we can attain that way. But it fails us when it comes to the things of God because God exists outside this natural universe. And if we're going to connect with God, we have to connect with God on a spiritual plane. God is spirit, Jesus said in John 4. And they who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And it's important that Jesus puts those two concepts together, spirit and truth, because just because something is true in spirit doesn't mean it will be immediately manifested in the natural world, but that does not make it untrue. You know, the Bible says about Jesus that he was like a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, it was a spiritual truth that Jesus was the sacrifice to pay for the sins of the whole human race. But you know, in his earthly ministry, when he walked about the shores of Galilee teaching and preaching and in Judea and Jerusalem, uh, he had not yet died, but he was as good as dead because he had come to this earth for a mission, for that purpose. And there's no way that he's going to sway from that. In the mind of God, it is a done deal. Jesus had settled it already. It was a done deal. There's not going to be any arguing this. Now, he did die for our sins and God did raise him from the dead, but it was spiritually true that he was the sacrifice even before he went to the cross. It was a truth that God observed all the prophets held to. They all knew that. They could see that Jesus had a purpose and had a mission. So uh, that's what we learned last time, that, that there is sense knowledge and there is spiritual truth. And spiritual truth or revelation knowledge comes from outside this world. You don't make anything true because you believe it. The Bible talks about people, 2 Thessalonians 2.11, who believe a lie. Well, if your believing turned something into truth, then it would be impossible to believe a lie because anything you believed would necessarily become true. Well, the Bible says there are a lot of people who believe things that are just patently false. And so you don't make it true because you believe it. Our faith is based on realities. 
Now, how do we get these realities? How do we receive knowledge of those things that we cannot see? Uh, Paul said this, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Another place, we don't look at the things which are seen. We look at those things that are unseen. So how do we know these truths? How do we know them to be so? Well, it's important to understand that you and I have two sets of ears. Seven times in his word to the seven churches of Asia Minor in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, Jesus said these words, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, you, you know, if you have natural ears that work and you're not deaf, you don't have to choose to hear. You're going to hear whether you like it or not. Uh, when I try, try to take naps on the couch in our living room on Sunday afternoons and I have three teenagers in my home, I didn't choose to hear them. They woke me up many, many times because they forgot that I was sleeping in the living room on the couch and they came barging in, making a lot of noise. It took me a little while to educate them the fact that you don't make noise on Sunday afternoon in the living room from, say, 2 to 4. i got to have my nap. Uh, so, uh, so here Jesus seems to say you have to choose to hear. You have to choose to hear. And that's a spiritual function, and that's what we do when we pay attention to the Word of God. When we listen to the Word of God, we turn on our spiritual ears. And, and a lot of God's children do not fully understand the makeup of human beings. And we can't go any further without me talking about our makeup. You know, God exists in three persons. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is three in one. And there's a perfect unity between uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, since we're created in the image and likeness of God, and I believe that has a number of different applications, we, we would look like what God would look like uh, in body. But also, we are three-part beings in the way that God is. We are spirits, we have a soul, we live in a body. First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, meaning that this is who you are, this is all of you, uh, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that he uses this word completely and this word whole, he's implying that this is the essence of who we are, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, Daniel talked about this in Daniel chapter 7. He said, I, Daniel, in verse 15, Daniel 7, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, Within my body and the visions of my head, now soul isn't mentioned, but head is, the visions of my head trouble me. So that, that gives you some idea of where your soul is. Your soul is made up of your mind and your emotions. Now I want to talk about that for a minute. If you have bad emotional feelings, it's because you have been thinking wrong. Your thoughts will sink your emotions. I used to teach this to kids on the Gospel Bill Show, and it was a beautiful way to illustrate it. I would have two blocks of wood, and there was a rope connecting the two blocks of wood, and then one said thoughts, and the other said feelings. And when I would take and push the thoughts off the edge of my desk in my sheriff's office, the rope would pull the feeling box right to the floor with the thoughts. Where your thoughts go, so go your feelings. 
And so what we think about is how we're going to feel. Uh, Another verse says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Well, how do I keep my mind focused on God? Do I just focus on, well, what does Jesus look like? Or how does Jesus hold his hand? Or what would his voice have sounded like? That's not how we focus on God. We don't think about the physical things when we think about the Lord. We think about the words that He said. It is through His words. In fact, He says in the Psalms, I magnify my word above my name. Think about that for a minute. His word is more important to Him than His name. And it is with us too, really, because when you don't keep your word, your name is no good. If you want to have a good name, you better keep your word. Your word and your name are connected, so thoughts and feelings are connected. If you want to have great feelings, you think good thoughts. But you learn to operate even when those feelings and emotions aren't that great. We know that they will ultimately come along, that they are not the final judge of what truth is. I've had many feelings that something really bad was happening or whatever, only to find out that one of the best things that ever came was about to come to me. So think about this. We we just got through Christmas not long ago. And uh, the Bible says the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, a virgin in Nazareth. and, And when he appeared to her, she was deeply troubled. And she was frightened. Now, now this is the angel of God, and this is what he says. He comes straight from the throne. He says, Fear not, Mary, for you found favor with God. You are highly favored. God is super pleased with you. She didn't feel that. She was afraid. She was afraid she was in trouble. So her feelings are telling her one thing, but the reality is just the opposite. You cannot live by your feelings. If you want to know how God thinks, what He thinks, you have to learn to live by a higher reality. And that higher reality is revelation knowledge. And again, that concept is introduced to the disciples in Matthew 16 where Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal to you that I am the Son of God. You didn't learn that through your five physical senses. You learned it from my Father in heaven. He revealed it to you. So uh, let's look at this further and talk about the different parts of our body. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse uh, 41. Uh, Jesus said the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. He's making a contrast. He's talking about two parts right here. There's the spirit, there's the flesh. And then he goes back to two more parts, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, actually Apostle Paul, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So right here you've got uh, uh, two, two parts being talked about. So all through the scripture we see these different parts being addressed. Here's one in Luke chapter 21 verse 19. In your patience possess ye your souls. So if you possess a soul, you're not a soul. You're you're, you're a spiritual being and you have a soul. And so your soul is something you have. You, you, You don't lose control of your soul when you're patient. That's what patience is for. It's there to keep you from losing control of your soul. You know, there's a story in the book of Acts, the 12th chapter, 
and we'll get into this later in the study in more detail, but it's about Peter and about how he's going to be executed the very next morning. He's going to have his head cut off. Uh, the Bible says that Herod had killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Well, that meant that he cut his head off, and they're going to do the same thing to Peter. And so the night before he's to be executed, Peter's sound asleep. Now think about that for a minute. You know you're going to be executed, or it's been told you you're going to be executed. In fact, Peter is actually chained between two guards because there was a time earlier in his walk with God that he was put in prison but wasn't chained to guards, and the angels of God let him out. So in order to make sure he doesn't escape, this time he is chained between two guards. But Peter's sound asleep. He is so soundly sleeping that an angel has to strike him to wake him up. That tells me that Peter was in complete possession of his thoughts and of his body. He was able to sleep because his mind was still and full of peace. How did he get that way? Well, we're going to find out in this study. So spiritual people are not controlled by troubling thoughts it is because you have learned to replace those negative thoughts with more accurate thoughts, with thoughts that reflect God's will for you, for your life, for your circumstances. Listen to what the Psalms tell us. Psalm 119 and verse 130. The entrance of thy words give light. When we receive God's word into our spirit and we hear it, with this second set of ears that we have, we are now receiving something independently of the five physical senses. We're receiving something on a different wavelength. You know, what I find interesting is that when you read the book of Genesis about how God came down to talk with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day, it doesn't say that they saw God. It says the voice of the Lord walked with them in the garden. Hearing is the medium by which we receive the most. That doesn't mean we don't ever see the Lord or see something in our spirits, but hearing is the medium that He uses most. For this reason, it says in Romans 10, 17, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So spiritual things are transferred from like a bank account, from God's bank account into your bank account. He's transferring faith from Him to you. The Bible talks about the movement of faith to faith. That happens when we hear His Word. And so we get light. Uh, here's a really graphic illustration of this. This is talking about Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast, and in the borders of Zebulon and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, or Naphtalim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. So... How did Jesus bring light to these people? Did he just show up there and they said, whoa, something amazing has happened. It just feels different around here. That's not what happened. Here's what happened. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then in the same chapter, here's what it says. And Jesus went about all Galilee, that whole region where the darkness was, where they saw the light. He went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So the people around the Sea of Galilee saw an amazing light. How did they see it? They saw it through the preaching and the teaching of Jesus. Yes, he healed. But it's interesting to note that he didn't heal anyone until he first preached and taught. Because so often he said to people, your faith has made you whole. Well, where'd they get faith? You have to hear to get faith. So the spiritual person is the person who receives through spiritual ears from God's spirit to my spirit through the communication of his word. When you get this, you will place more of a value on God's word than any other thing that you do. It changes everything. It'll change your worship. You know, there are a lot of gifted people in the body of Christ who can sing amazingly well, and they have beautiful voices. But to me, uh, it, very often it's disappointing because I can tell here's a person with a great talent, and they have an ability to create wonderful melodies, and they have a wonderful voice, but there's no word in what they sing. They're singing completely about their feelings. And I know David sang about his feelings in the Psalms, but if you sing some of those songs and read them, you will hear David talking about the beginning of the battle where he felt terrible, but at the end, he's got victory. Things turned around. He's showing us how we move from despair into victory, and it's because of what we know, and it's because of what we've heard. It's because of what we've meditated. It's because of what we have put down deep into our innermost man. That is how we receive spiritual impartation. A spiritual person then is one who knows how to hear God's voice in his word. And we're going to get deeper and deeper into this as we go through this series. And it's going to change your life. So get ready. You're going to be blessed. 